All right, we are back in another episode of Varsity 360, just in time for the 2023 football season. Meg, we're back. And, we really uh, are. It's been a while. Football is back, too. And so we thought uh, we'd just dive right into it and uh, talk about some of the, the five burning questions that uh, we could come up with. Uh, some of the, you know, what are we going to find out from different teams and different athletes this football season around Southwest Washington? And so, uh, first of all, you know, how good does it feel to be back talking about sports after it's, a long summer? Yeah, it has been. I, I swear, as, as the years go on, I feel like the summers get shorter and shorter. I'm sure a lot of coaches and players feel that way, too. But, you know, now that we're back into the thick of it with putting out our special section and talking with a number of players and coaches, it's it's really happening. So we're almost about a week away from kickoff. So it feels feels like it's Christmas in August. So it's a good feeling. Well, Southwest Washington football is always full of storylines, full of plots, full of talent. Uh, you've kind of touched on it uh, with some of your series, uh, The Next Level, profiling six Clark County kids, or uh, in, in this case, there's one Cowlitz County kid, but six Southwest Washington kids that are taking their talents to the Division One level. And so we'll touch on that uh, uh, as the season goes on and, and probably on next week's podcast. But just getting into this uh, first edition of Varsity 360 for uh, the 2023 season, we wanted to look at five questions that we think are going to be most important to kind of determining the course of the 2023 high school football season. And first of all, a lot of attention is going to be focused on the quarterback out Washougal, Holden B. Uh, senior, committed to Idaho, possibly one of the best quarterbacks in the state. And so we wondered, you know, how far is Washougal going to go? They made the playoffs last year, reaching the first round. Uh, is this the year for Washougal to make a deep playoff run behind their talented senior quarterback? Yeah, I, I do believe so, and that's that's the short answer is yes. You touched on it. I mean, you could make a very strong argument that Holden B could be one of, if not the best player to come through Washougal's program ever. And a lot of people watching this might have some historical uh, background, guys like Nathan Shepard, who was their all-state tailback back in the mid-'90s. But you look at just the talented football player he is the overall just great athlete and Washougal will go as far as Holden B will take them but more importantly he's got a tremendous senior class right next to him um, talking with him this summer there's so many guys in this senior class who've played together even dating back to Pop Warner and CCYF you don't get that out of a lot of schools maybe some bigger classifications but at a program like Washougal you have that continuity and stability with so many guys going up up the ranks with each other and so this is their year to do it yes you look at the 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 historical aspect of Washougal in the state playoffs and and there isn't much of one um, they made the state quarterfinals in 2019 and that was a tremendous senior class as well and that team finished third in the league standings in, in the two-way greater San Helens league but this is their year yes for for Washougal to make a deep run you know I think you and I are approaching the question from a little bit different angle you say the team will go as far as Holden B carries them I have a little bit different approach I think the team goes as far as Holden B's supporting cast takes them um, obviously he's a remarkable talent he lifts everyone around him but it's going to come down to kids like Sam Evers Will Cooper uh, Cooper Maxey uh, those talented receivers he has around him 
are going to be the ones I'm looking to to make plays when the season is on the line. Um, obviously, they're the favorite, I think, to win the 2A GSHL. I think they could get uh, a good test from Ridgefield. Uh, but, you know, typically the Evergreen Conference in the 2A, which Washougal will go up against one opponent from them in Week 10, uh, no team can be taken for granted there. So it'll, I'll be really interested to see throughout the course of the season who emerges as the biggest playmaker uh, besides Holden B on that Washougal offense. Yeah, you mentioned Sam Evers. He was just a couple yards away from being a 1,000-yard receiver last year, 16 touchdowns, and were so many times that I saw last season where you saw that Holden B to Sam Evers connection. And, again, that goes back to that, that stability and continuity between those two guys. You know, they do their best friends off the field, and so they do a lot of stuff together away from the football field, and that just only enhances their relationship on the field. And I've always felt with the 2A, if you can get through that Week 10 gauntlet, if you don't stumble in league and end up having to go a face like a WF West or a Tumwater, uh, then you get a good draw. You can make some noise statewide. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And again, with RPI, if you're in that top eight, you're you're going to be hosting that first round state playoff game. And, and they were on the road last year in that 8-9 matchup. So I think if they run the table again, which a lot of people, including us, think they will in the 2A league, then they should get a pretty uh, good seating for RPI. Well, Holden B, Sam Evers, and the Washougal Panthers might be as close to a sure bet as, as we know in uh, southwest Washington. But our next question is, what can we expect from Mountain View and Union, two very successful programs who enter this season with brand new head coaches? You know, looking at this question, there's so many similarities between these two programs. Um, you talk about the stability, the continuity, uh, the culture that was set with, with the coaching staffs. And all of a sudden, they're kind of in the same boat this year with uh, coaching turnover that happens so late in the season. So let's talk with Mountain View first and Aaron Hart coming in. He spent the past four seasons at Lincoln of Seattle really restarting that program from scratch after that school opened uh, for the first time in nearly 30 years. So he's starting a program from scratch with a bunch of ninth and 10th graders. All of a sudden, he's coming to a very established program in Mountain View, taking over for uh, a high-quality coach like Adam Matheson. So this is a guy who's coming into really a completely different situation. But what's on his side is the cupboard isn't bare whatsoever. The talent is 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 pretty strong as far as some of the skill position guys. Aiden Nicholson comes to mind. Um, J.J. Thompson, uh, Porter Drake. So the cupboard isn't bare by any means. Um, but you look at the flip side, at Union, when Roy Rosenbach stepped down in, in late July, not only was he a state championship coach coming in, but he leaves as a state championship coach, leading Union to the 2018 team title, promoting Kevin Code, who's been on staff as a defensive assistant since 2015 and also was defensive coordinator during their state championship run. Um, talking with both those guys during this summer, there ha hasn't been a lot of, I, I don't want to say maybe turmoil by any means, but, but the turnover is, is almost magnified a little bit when you have new coaches coming in, especially this, this late, late in the game. But both these guys feel confident in where their programs are going into week one, especially talking with Kevin Code, who 
you know, there, there's a lot of stability with, with the number of players and just the confidence of having an interim guy um, come in who's been on the staff for a number of years. Yeah, I think that's a big point to, to focus in on is that as opposed to Mountain View where you have someone bringing in uh, a new system from outside of the program. You have Kevin Code, who basically is going to, the kids know him, mm -hmm. the parents know him, uh, the scheme isn't going to change drastically. Uh, but I think when you look at the players, certainly both, uh, their skill position players both uh, back, but I think there's uh, a few more questions that Mountain View has to answer than than Union. With Mountain View, what's going to happen at the quarterback position? You had Mitch Johnson, uh, a, a college-level quarterback, graduate last year. He's now at Central Washington. Uh, what production are they going to get at the quarterback position? And also, uh, Aiden Nicholson, um, obviously he, he wouldn't be playing if he wasn't 100% healthy, but he missed most of last season with an injury. And so... Uh, how is his health at um, uh, Union? Not only do you have the continuity in uh, having someone within the program take over the the coaching reins, but uh, you have someone uh, in um, uh, Mitch Radigan who or, uh, who is going to um, take over. He's been in the program after being away for for a year. He has, yeah. So he spent his junior season back in Arizona and talking with Kevin Code a couple times this summer. He's already made a huge impression just from the leadership standpoint. And that's really what you want in a senior quarterback. So it's almost like he really didn't step a beat, even though he spent his junior season out of state. Well, you know, we'll see, obviously, within the first few weeks, how far those programs go to answering those questions. But uh, uh, our next question is two teams that look to be in the catbird seat to end long league title droughts. Can Skyview and Evergreen finally capture a league title that's been elusive for each of these programs? Skyview, they're seeking their first 4A Greater St. Helens League title since 2011. Evergreen seeking their first Square St. Helens League title in the 3A since 2007. Meg, can these teams get it done? Uh, yes, I do. And yeah. we'll start with Skyview. You know, it's funny when, when we do these previews every year for our prep football special section, you know, we ask coaches kind of just their overall feel and vibe of, of the league. And, and Coach Steve Kaiser always jokes every year, don't pick us first. Don't pick us first. It's like, well, you know what? This year we're, we're picking Skyview first. And and not only is that just the consensus from, from us in the department, but just from around the league, talking with other coaches as well, like this might be Skyview's year to finally not only win that league title, but to, to make that deep playoff run. In fact, Coach Kaiser said there's a number of similarities with this year's group compared to that 2011 team that not only won a league title, but if you remember, went on to play Skyline in the 4A state championship game. This is a team that now returns 14 starters, eight on offense, six on defense. You've got the reigning co-offensive MVP and Jake Kennedy back at quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good things to like about this team pushing forward and, and hopefully um, going up against Camus for perhaps capturing that first league title in more than a decade. Well, and that that's the Achilles heel, or has yep. been for Skyview in recent years. Uh, they've always come up just a bit short against their rival papermakers, uh, whether it was last year where the papermakers mounted a huge fourth quarter rally to beat them at the end, or even during the uh, the spring 20, uh, uh, 2021 season, uh, that game went to overtime, and Skyview looked like they had it in the bag, and Camus ended up pulling up 
a, a rabbit out of the hat and maintaining its spot, you know, just a little bit ahead of the storm. So I, I agree with you. I think this is the year when Skyview gets it done. I think it's because of their depth. Uh, it, you know, obviously they have great playmakers starting at the quarterback position with Jake Kennedy, but also Gavin Packer, who is one of the more dynamic receivers in the area. But you know, they have those numbers on the line. They have, you know, if one, one guy goes down, another guy can step up. Um, I'm looking for big things from Skyview, and we'll see it right away when they play an Oregon powerhouse and Jesuit in week one. Absolutely. One of the things that Coach Kaiser talked about that might might seem a bit of a question mark is how they look up front, and that was probably their, their strength last season. In, in fact, he talked about a number of offensive linemen who are a little bit untested as far as the varsity snaps go, but the nice thing about being in the 4A GSHL when it's such a small league is you've got six non-league games to really prepare for that week seven start of, of league play. And so by the time they get to mid-October, these guys are going to hopefully be a completely different football team and completely different offensive line than they were in week one. Looking at Evergreen, I mean, you can't deny the talent no. on that team. Uh, two legit Division One. Uh, players, you know, Fox Crater commit to Oregon, one of the best linemen uh, in the state, if not the entire Northwest. Arthur Ban at tight end, but an athletic tight end, yes. not one of these big bodies. He's a guy that can run with uh, with any of them. Uh, he's committed to San Diego State. Uh, and then you have a returning quarterback in Jaden Crace. Um, I, you know, what is... Uh, uh, what do you expect from Evergreen, and is this the year that they finally get that league title uh, in a league that's recently has been dominated by Mountain View and uh, last year Kelso? Yeah, I think what what separates Evergreen this year is is we've seen in previous years they've had the talent, or they might have had the experience, but now you add the talent, the experience, and one thing they haven't had recently, and that's depth. And that's something that Coach Christian Swain talked about a couple weeks ago when he and I sat down and chatted about Evergreen. Um, ahead of the season is not only is the most depth that he's had in his five years at Evergreen, but this is the most depth that he's had on a team in now 16 years as a head coach at the high school level across three programs. And especially when you get into the gauntlet of your regular season and you're facing a couple teams like 4A Camus where you need that depth to come through um, in weeks six, seven, eight, and nine. And so again, that kind of that trifecta of, of depth talent and experiences, I think gonna gonna put Evergreen over the top. And and looking back historically a little bit, since two thousand seven, the last time Evergreen won a league title, the rest of their league opponents, Prairie, Heritage, Mountain View, Kelso, have all won league titles in that span that Evergreen's had a, a, a league title drought. So is this a year? I mean we're gonna find out, but I think on paper everything looks really good um, looking toward the, the Plainsman finally capturing that. I'm very excited to see how Evergreen looks this year. And you mentioned Coach Christian Swain entering his fifth year. Five years for a head coach seems to be a real sweet spot where you see some programs really find a new level of establishment and depth because you've been able to develop the you know the, the feeder programs. Right. You've been able to work the hallways. You've been able to get, you know, it can be a real mixed bag what shape a program is when you take it over. By five years, 
you've put your, your mark on that program. And that appears to have happened now where uh, Evergreen is consistently putting talent on the field. Yeah, and you got to think of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's year five into Christian Swain's program. And for so many, the majority of these seniors, this is the only program that they've known. And so they've been in the program since ninth grade. And it's finally that everything's kind of coming to fruition just at the right time for Evergreen to hopefully not only win a league title, but to make some noise in the postseason as well. Well, we're expecting big things from Evergreen, from Skyview, obviously, for some of the other uh, league favorites. But uh, our next burning question is, what program do you think could make the biggest jump this year? Meg, what, what are you looking at for a program that could really make progress and impress people? Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the 4A Greater St. Helens League on this one. And my pick is Battleground, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, I've heard so much great things about what BG has done this offseason, now under Mike Woodward's second year as head coach. It started with how much this team really showcased itself at the George Fox team camp. And the word is out about Battleground. And this is a, a group that has had a senior class of 22 now, 22 players that not only Coach Mike Woodward has been waiting to become seniors, but so many people in the community have waited for this this group to finally become seniors. And for those watching and listening who remember Coach Woodward back in the early 2000s when he was Mountain View's coach, he was kind of ahead of the game when it came to running an offense, that shotgun uh, spread offense, throwing the ball 85 times a game. He's going to go reeling it back a little bit, and he's going to run a bit of a shotgun wing tee. And the reason why he's going to do that is just because of the personnel that he's got. And so the fact that the 4A Greater St. Helens League is back to having three postseason bursts in football, it feels like there's a little bit more things right in the world when, when there's three births instead of two. But, you know, maybe Battleground has a chance to maybe make some noise, not only in its preparation leading up to league play, but even possibly pulling off an upset. So there's a lot of good things that a number of opposing coaches have said about Battleground. So that's my pick for uh, the team that could be making the biggest noise. That, that would be really fun with Battleground being um, uh, competitive again for the first time really since the Gunner Talkington days. Yes. Uh, because no, no far fault of their own, but uh, they're in a four-team league where three of those teams are typically statewide powerhouses, right. and they tend to have been overlooked. Uh, but uh, with Battleground being competitive and having you know really you know top to bottom talented 4A Greater St. Helens League, I think it makes it better for everybody and makes for a really fun last four weeks of the season. It does, and, yeah. and you saw just just even the improvement, the one-year improvement that we saw from Battleground last year. Yes, they went 2-7, and seven, but in so many of those games, they were competitive, and they they weren't getting the, these blowout losses like we've seen the last couple of years. So things are turning in the right direction for Battleground, and hopefully they can kind of take that next step forward. Yeah, my pick for a team or a program that's going to make a big leap. Uh, It's got actually a Mike Woodward connection because this is where he came from uh, to take the battleground job. I'm picking Woodland to really make some leaps forward this year. It's the second year that coach Sean McDonald has had his system there. Obviously, he won state titles at Kalama before uh, uh, moving just a few miles south to take over the program at at Woodland. Last year, uh, the team went four and six, but uh, survived a tiebreaker to make it into the postseason 
season, and I think they're just going to get better this year. They have a returning quarterback and senior Brett Martinowitz. Uh, they have a returning all-league um, running back in uh, Elijah Anderson. And then you have uh, the line anchored by Cody Armstrong, a two-time all-leaguer. They have all the pieces in place in fact, I'm so I wouldn't be surprised at all if Woodland wins seven games this year. I think outside of Washougal and Ridgefield, the 2A GSHL is wide open. I think any of those games are winnable for a team like Woodland, and uh, I think this is the year where they kind of reannounce themselves, the Beavers, as uh, a team that's going to be consistently competing for uh, postseason bursts and uh, consistently among the top of that league. I agree with you on, on all of those points. In fact, that was the team that's for our next, like, fifth and final question, if we want that, to go into that. That's a great segue. <laughs> uh, it's our segue to our final question, who is your sleeper team? Woodland. Year? Woodland. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I'll show you why. Yeah, I agree with, with all your points on Woodland, absolutely. And so I'm going to throw in a couple of other facts. And some people might be watching and going, oh, they, they made the postseason. How are they a sleeper team? The thing with Woodland, you look back on the last decade or so, it's it's a little bit of this peaks and valleys roller coaster. There's, there's a couple of years where it's a 7, 8, even a nine-win team, and the next year they fall down to a two-and-seven campaign. But again, with with Sean McDonald, he's a multi-year state champion, coach at the 2B level. They've got things rolling in the right direction. So instead of this roller coaster up and down with Woodland, I really see a level of, of kind of that sustaining success. Yes, they went four and six last year, but I really think Woodland has a very, very strong shot of even getting that third spot and, and possibly even competing for that, that second place spot uh, up against Washougal and, and even Richfield as well. And you look back, the last time that Woodland um, not only hosted a Week 10 game, but also won a Week 10 game, that was a decade ago. You had to go all the way back to 2013 when they were a 1A program for the time that they not only hosted Week 10, but they won Week 10. And so this might be the year where they finally get up there and can get past that Week 10 hurdle. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. We'll see if the Beavers can get it done. My sleeper team, Prairie. I think with a lot of attention on Evergreen, uh, obviously deservedly so in the 3A Greater St. Helens League, but then traditionally that's been Mountain View's league to win with maybe Kelso throwing in some objections. I think Prairie is going to, they're going to surprise some people, and I think it's because of their defense. Obviously, Coach Will Ephraim, he's a defensive guy, played defense at Oregon State, um, you know, has really, you know, tapped into the athletes that can run a system that, and they have those athletes, especially at the linebacker position. So I think if you can play defense, you know, that translates no matter what level of football you're playing. I think Prairie might have a shout at the, the number two seed out of the 2A Gray St. Helens League, just with some of the questions that need to be answered from Mountain View. Uh, and then with uh, Kelso, obviously, they have a, a, a lot of talent and a returning quarterback, but uh, uh, they have to replace, well, you can't really replace him, but they graduated one of the, the best all-around players in Southwest Washington and Connor Noah. Yeah. And so where are the Highlanders going to find their offense, especially against a stout defense like Prairie? But it's not just on the defensive side of the ball. You have a returning quarterback in Braden Slamp who can you know, damage you with his legs as well as his arms. And then you have a, a receiving core that 
you know, they can match up against some of the best of them, especially with Alex Jewell. I think he's six foot three, a long guy like that. That's a tough matchup on a high school field. Yeah, I agree with a lot of points with you on Prairie. And the thing about the 3A GSHL, unlike the 4A, which gets another postseason berth this year, it's still only two for the mm-hmm. 3As. And so really you look at, at Prairie, Kelso, Mountain View, and, and Evergreen, I think there's really four teams that are going to be, just like last year, really battling for those top two two spots. And we saw Prairie doing a lot of good things last year, mm-hmm. getting into that tiebreaker, having a six-win season. And so I think it's just kind of that year two next step with Prairie under Willie from. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I think that makes it better when the the entire league, you can, basically every week you got to go out there and, and you can't take any weeks off. And that's definitely the case in the three or Gary St. Helens League with, I think, four teams uh, marking on their calendar a, uh, you know, that we want a league title goal to you know have that amongst what what we want to accomplish this year For so sure. that's going to be a great season uh, obviously these questions will answer themselves and we'll be here to to go along and and see how the season plays out and uh, we'll be back next week to talk more high school football in southwest washington again i'm columbian sports editor micah rice joined by meg walknick and we're looking forward to the 2023 season